Welcome to Commander and You. I'm your host, Eric. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about 10 cards from Kaldheim that I think you should pick up to help buff up your Commander decks. But before we do that, a reminder. Commander and You is part of the Nerd Chambers network of shows. For more news about all things nerdy, head to thenerdchambers.com. So Kaldheim, it releases February 5th, which by the time you hear this is probably about a week away. So we're going to be talking about 10 cards technically 20, but you'll know what I mean in a second, um, that I think you guys should pick up or keep your eyes on because I think they're great, they're strong, they're awesome, they're unique. Um, they're in no particular order. We're going to be talking about the 10 that I saw that I was like, wow, I need all of these, multiples of these. Uh, the first one we're going to do an honorable mention are the Cycle of Snow Dual Lands. So these are all printed at Common. They're all snow lands and two land types, so either Mountain Plains uh, swamp forest, whatever, and they tap for one of each of those colors, either or of those colors, uh, and they enter the battlefield tapped. I know typically I'm a stickler against tap lands, but what makes these good is that they're searchable with fetch lands and anything else like a far seek that searches for a mountain, plain, swamp, and island. So these are sweet, great, great budget options because they're printed at common, guys. Definitely pick these up for yourselves. They're going to help your decks out. Um, and yeah, being searchable is great for lands. Uh, they're all sitting like 50 cents each on pre-order. So maybe get yourselves a couple. If you're a high level player, you're not really going to want these anyways, because like I said, they're tapped lands. But for budget players or players that are just looking to upgrade their land base, these are a great stepping stone. So now we're going to get into the top 10 cards. Again, remember, these are in no particular order. The first one we're going to be talking about is another land card. It's the World Tree. This is a land that enters the battlefield tapped, and it can tap for a green. As long as you control six or more lands, lands you control have tapped to add one mana of any color. It also has another activated ability for white, white, blue, blue, black, black, red, red, green, green, tap and sacrifice the world tree, search your library for any number of god cards, put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So basically there's an entire textbook printed on this card, but let's talk about why I think this is good. The fact that it taps for green mana, you could ignore that. That's not the important part. The important part is that once you have six or more lands, all your lands can tap for any color. Normally, this is on artifacts like Chromatic Lanterns or creatures like Dryad of the Elysian Grove. This card is so strong. It's first it's a land and as we've established in previous episodes people typically don't blow up lands they usually stay relatively untouched also it's searchable with certain cards and can be your sixth land drop fixing your mana base for the rest of the game um, one commander in particular that really likes this card is Golos the Tireless Pilgrim he costs five colorless mana and when he enters the battlefield you search for a land card put it onto the battlefield tapped so Playing at your slowest with Golos, you're playing five lands, casting Golos, and Golos then searches this as your sixth land. So for the rest of the game, all your mana is fixed. Now this card can only go in five colored decks because it has a five colored activated ability. Um, and while some people ignore that activated ability, in the right deck, that activated ability can search for all your creatures. If you have things like Arcane Adaption or any of the other, there are a couple other cards we're going to talk about later um, that can turn all your creatures into all creature types. So for 10 mana, you can get all your creatures. 
I think this is a super sweet card. It's sitting between nine and 12 bucks. Uh, I think this is a five color staple. Honestly, I know it's a tap land, but the fact that it fixes your mana for the rest of the game, I think this is super powerful and definitely worth a pickup to add to your decks. Next card we're going to be talking about is one of the gods of call time, Cosima, God of the Voyage. Um, cool thing about all the gods on call time is they're also modal dual face cards. So the other side of her is the Amonkeel, which is a legendary artifact deal vehicle excuse me we're going to talk about cosmina first she costs two and a blue for a two four legendary creature god at the beginning of your upkeep you may exile her if you do it gains this ability whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control if cosmina is exiled you may put a voyage counter on it if you choose not to return her to the battlefield with x11 counters on it and draw x cards where x is the number of voyage counters on it so what's cool about this is if you play her early enough in the game, you can just exile her at your next upkeep and then start stacking those triggers on her and building up voyage counters um, because it's a choice, right? So whenever you play a land, you can choose to either bring her back or to put a voyage counter on her because she's off on a trip um, and your lands are making your trip last longer if you choose. And then when she comes back, you get to buff her by however many lands you played since she's been exiled and draw that many cards in blue this is a blue landfall card i think this side of this card is super super sweet really strong <clears throat> i think a lot of people are sleeping on this card it's like two three bucks right now i i, I don't want to say blue staple but i think this can go on a lot of blue decks just as a natural value engine for playing lands no matter what you do in magic you're always going to be playing lands and cosima god of the voyage rewards that but she has another side to her card Remember on last week's episode, I talked about cards with multiple modes or multiple sides are super valuable in our format because we can only have one of each card. So if our cards are doing multiple things for us, that's going to help cover more bases for us. So the Omen Keel is one in a blue for a legendary artifact vehicle. Whenever a vehicle you control deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles that many cards from the top of their library. You may play land cards among those exiled for as long as they remain exiled the crew cost for omen keel is one and it is a three three so the way accruing vehicles works is you have to tap that many creatures worth of power so for crew one you have to tap one power worth of creatures to accrue it which will then turn omen keel into a creature it does still have summoning sickness if it's the first turn you played the card otherwise it's a three three ready to attack and the cool thing is it's whenever a vehicle not just omen keel specifically um and then you can steal lands from the top of your opponents but exiling cards from the top of the library is a very strong ability anyways um for instance if omen keel hits an opponent that player then exiles three cards from the top of their library and as long as they remain exiled you can play lands. so you don't even need to keep omen keel on the battlefield i think this card's sweet it comes out on turn two and can really put in work early uh those early stages of commander people are really setting up so you can not necessarily disrupt their strategy, but put pressure on them by taking their cards. Of course, it's random, um, but guaranteeing land drops at the cost of two mana to steal their lands. I think this is really sweet. I think both sides of this card are incredibly powerful and uh, don't sleep on it. I think this is one of those cards that'll creep up in value once people see the value that it can generate. So pick this up now. Next card we're gonna be talking about is the most powerful white card printed in the set. Uh, unfortunately, it's not even a white card. 
It's Cosmos Elixir. It's an artifact for four generic mana. At the beginning of your unstep, draw a card if your life total is greater than your starting life total, so 41 or more. Otherwise, you gain two life. I really like this card. It's obviously white being the life gain color. This is going to be even better in white decks, but this can go in a lot of decks. Um, I think for lower, like power five and six decks, you could just throw this in at your four mana slot and not hate it. Gaining two life, while not great, eventually it'll turn into drawing cards at your end step. Uh, and again, and if you're in a life gain synergy deck, deck I think this is... This might be an auto-included, depends on how high level the deck is. Four mana is a bit much, um, but considering white doesn't have a lot of card draw, this is a great card. Not really a whole lot else to say. This card's sitting between one and two, even three bucks uh, for pre-order. So grab some. I, I think this is another one of those cards that'll creep up in value eventually. Um, but we'll see. Being four mana could hurt it a little bit. Our next card we're going to be talking about is Varagoth, Bloodsire. He's a demon rogue for two and a black with death touch, and he has a boast ability. Now, the way boast works is you can only activate the ability once per turn and only if this is a creature attacked this turn. And the cost for his boast ability is one and a black. Target player searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it. So that effect is basically Vampiric Tutor. Um, nine times out of ten, you're obviously going to target yourself. But you can use this as a political tool um, if you need to attack someone for some reason. Say, hey, let me get through on this attack and I'll boast and let you search your library or whatever. I wouldn't recommend that um, unless you know you don't have any way to remove a threat and this is your only chance to have someone else find a threat and put it on top of the library. It, I think it's flexible in that sense. Also, it having Death Touch is super great because it's only a 2-3, so someone's going to have to either sacrifice a creature and block this thing or they're just going to have to let it hit them and let you search your library. Another cool interaction with this card is if you have Opposition Agent, which came out in Commander Legends, when you use Boast and target someone else, you get to search their library and exile that card and cast it later. So fun little interaction there. Uh, another cool thing about Varagoth is he can be your commander. He is a legendary creature, so something to keep an eye out. He's sitting between six and seven bucks. I think this is a sweet card. I'm going to pick up probably two copies, one for my rogue deck because he is a rogue, uh, and then one just to have in case I need to slot him in uh, the three mana slot. Next card we're going to be talking about, another three mana card, Realm Walker. He's two and a green for a shapeshifter. He has changeling, which means this card is every creature type. As he enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. So this is Vizier of the Menagerie for one mana less and for a specific tribe. If you're in a tribal deck, this goes in it as long as you're in green. This is a super good card. I think he's going to put in a lot of work for you. Even if you only hit every other turn with it, I don't think anyone's going to remove Realm Walker. You're going to be basically casting cards from the top of your library for free, which makes your hand one card bigger. It's, it's a good card. There's not really a whole lot to say. I think this thing will eat some removal, which is... A good thing for you as the player because if you lose this this isn't necessarily going to win you the game it's just going to get you value whereas your game winning combo pieces later in the game could win you the game so realm walker if you're in a green tribal deck i i say throw him in there next card another one of the gods is turgrid god of fright she costs three black black legendary creature god four five she has menace 
Whenever an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent or discards a permanent card, you may put that card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So it's basically it that betrays, but also includes permanents being discarded from the hand. Holy crap, that effect is freaking sweet. This is going to see some play in a lot of um, aristocrats decks that forces your opponents to sacrifice stuff. So you're going to be taking their stuff after losing your little weenie creature. Turgrid is strong. Uh, she's strong as a commander. She's strong in the 99. And she has another side to her. So yes, these cards can be your commander, which means technically you can run an artifact to your commander, but that's besides the point. Turgrid's Lantern costs three and a black for a legendary artifact. Tap it, target player loses three life unless they sacrifice a non-land permanent or discard a card. And then you can pay three and a black to untap Turgrid. So basically, if you have infinite mana, this card just wins you the game because you can constantly untap it and make your opponents lose three life until they die. Um... So it's an infinite mana dump in that. It also feeds in nicely to Turgrid's front side, even though you can't really have both out in Commander, unless you're in like Demir and can copy it and flicker one back to your hand, recast it. But that's going through a lot of hoops in Magical Christmas Land. Turgrid God of Fright, Turgrid Lantern, Turgrid's Lantern are two, well, one <laughs> is one really good card um, with two sides that are both viable effects. I'm working on building a mono black, uh, like aristocrat style deck, and I don't know if Turgard's going to be the commander, but she's definitely, definitely going in there. Her art's dope too. She's like wandering through something with uh, with her lantern. So she's she's a little bit pricey. She's hitting between the seven and nine dollar mark, um, but I think this card's going to see some play, guys. Even in casual tables, being able to take your opponent's stuff is always fun because they're technically choosing what you take, right? When they have to sacrifice it. So I think this card's sweet. Pick it up, add it to your decks, play it. Uh, your opponents are probably gonna get salty with you, but it is what it is. Next card we're gonna talk about is Maskwood Nexus, another four mana artifact. This card's a doozy. Creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. You can also pay three mana and tap this to create a 2-2 blue shapeshifter creature token with Changeling. Now, not to confuse you guys, this is a colorless card, even though it creates a blue creature, because it doesn't have any blue mana cost in its activated ability. So this can go in any deck. I, I'm i not going to say this is an auto-include in every um, tribal deck, but this is, is a good card. <laughs> this is a really good card. It's a colorless one, so decks that had like green, white, and red can finally have this effect because white and, or, I'm sorry, because blue and black had that effect before. This is a, this is a dope card. I'm a big fan. There's a deck I actually want to make that this card is going to be a king in, uh, and that's the party mechanic deck. Uh, party, for those that don't know, you need to have a warrior, rogue, cleric, and wizard on the battlefield to trigger a lot of their effects. And now that all my creatures will be warriors, rogues, clerics, and wizards with this card out, it's going to be it's going to be sweet and cause some mayhem. So I think mask would nest. Oh, Jesus. That's hard to say. I think mask would nexus is going to see a decent amount of play in a certain, um, tribal decks. I don't think it's an auto include, but I just, I really like this card. I see a lot of cool play potential with it and a lot of patterns of play that could be impactful. And worst case scenario, it lets you create a two, two blue shapeshifter that can trigger enter the battlefield effects on some of your other tribal synergy cards. 
So at least as a mana sink in that too. And at four mana, I think this is a really good effect at that cost, uh, especially if you can ramp into it and get it out on turn three. So check this out, sitting between five and seven bucks. I think this is a good card. We have three cards left and I saved my favorite three for last. I know we're not doing it in a specific order, but I think these cards are sweet. First one we're gonna talk about is the only card from the Kaldheim Commander decks. Um, so what Wizards is doing is they're printing two Commander decks. I believe every set, I'm not 100% certain on that, but they've done it the last couple. Um, the two decks coming out in this one are white-blue and green-black respectively. This card is gonna be found in the white-blue Commander deck and it's Cosmic Intervention. It costs three and a white for an instant, but you can also foretell it. To foretell a card, you pay two mana and exile it face down from your hand during your turn. And then on a later turn, you pay one and a white to cast it. The effect of Cosmic Intervention reads, if a permanent you control will be put into a graveyard from the battlefield this turn, exile it instead. Return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. I love this card. I think this card rivals Teferi's Protection in power. It's not as good, obviously, Teferi's Protection is one mana less and just gets rid of your whole board state and yourself for a turn. But for five bucks, this card is great. Teferi's Protection is like 50 bucks. Um, another thing I like about it is that you can foretell it for two and then cast it for one and a white later. So basically, you can pull the Yu-Gi-Oh meme and say you've activated my trap card and drop a Cosmic Intervention on them. It also allows you to hold up less mana to activate this effect. Holding up four mana at the end of your turn to use this effect versus holding up only two mana at the end of your turn to use this effect is a big difference and allows you to play more cards on your turn to help further your board state. Another thing this card does that is a little unique is that it's all permanents. Every single permanent that includes lands, artifacts, enchantments, and planeswalkers. If they would be put into a graveyard this turn, you exile them instead. One cool thing that um, I haven't seen talked about too much with this card is that if you ultimate a planeswalker and it dies after you've used a cosmic intervention, you can return it to the battlefield and reset its loyalty, which I think is a pretty cool interaction. Um, you can also use this card in mean ways. So you can play something like a Yokel Hops or an Obliteration, which destroys all lands, artifacts, enchantments, and creatures, and cast this in response so that you're the only one with stuff at the end of your turn and your opponents have nothing. That's mean. I don't recommend it, but it is something you can do with this card. Cosmic Intervention sitting around $6, guys. I think it's a very strong card, and I think you can't go wrong with adding it to your collection. White is going to get better over the next two years. WotC finally did it with red. White is on its way, and that's going to be one of those cards that you're going to want to have in your collection now before it skyrockets in price. So these next two cards are the cards I think that are the two best. I don't know which order they're in. The next card we're going to be talking about is Tybalt's Trickery. It's one in a red for an instant counter target spell. Choose one, two, or three at random. Its controller mills that many cards, then exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card with a different name than that spell. They may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then they put the exiled cards on the bottom of their library in a random order. This card's sweet. It's a red counter spell outright, so it's not like red elemental blast or pyroblast where it has to be against a blue spell. This just counters the spell. You can also target yourself too. And the reason you choose the one, two, or three at random, I'm guessing, is to avoid people manipulating their own decks and say, 
countering your own like soul ring and then you get like a Kozilek out because you manipulated the top of your library. So that's why they have the one, two or three mil clause on there. And then they get a non-land card from among them for free. Now you're not going to use Tibalt's Trickery against like their three drop or their Cultivate or whatever because you don't want that card to turn into like an Eldrazi or their game ending combo piece. You're going to use this against their game ending combo piece or at the competitive EDH levels, you're, you can almost freely use this um, because there's so much interaction in EDH that a lot of the times the card they're gonna flip off the top that is the non-land card is going to be an interaction spell that they'll have to use there or they can just tuck it to the bottom of their library. I, I think this card's great. I, I need a few copies of it because I'm probably going to put it in every red deck just to have that option of surprising my opponents and uh, just blowing them out with a two-mana counterspell in red. Tibalt's Trickery is about $8. It, depending on how it impacts competitive EDH, I think this card will go up in price. We'll see. I know it's people are playing around with it in older formats where they counter their own spell and get like a Kozilek or an Emrakul like that. So Tibalt's Trickery, great card. Pick it up. The last card we're going to be talking about is a doozy. It's a blue card. Shocking, no one. It's Mystic Reflection. It costs one and a blue for an instant. Choose target non-legendary creature. The next time one or more creatures or planeswalkers enter the battlefield this turn, they enter as copies of the chosen creature. You can also foretell it. So remember you pay two colorless, two generic mana to exile it face down and then you can cast it later. It's foretell cost is one blue. This card can do a lot. This can either project you out into the lead for two mana or completely hose your opponent. So let's talk about how we can use it to break our own board state. Let's talk about one card in particular, Avenger of Zendikar. It's an elemental for two or for five and green green. So seven mana total uh, for a five five. When it enters the battlefield, you create a number of zero one plant creature tokens equal to the number of lands you control. Um, so when you cast that with the trigger to create the plant tokens on the stack, you cast Mystic Reflection targeting Avengers and the car. So instead of getting seven zero one plant tokens, you get seven more Avengers and the cars, which then create you 35 more Avengers and the cars, which then create you 245 more or whatever the math is. Only problem with that interaction in particular is um, it's not a may, so you have to find a way to turn off that loop. Otherwise, you go infinite indefinitely with no way to, to stop that cycle. Um, a way you can use this to hose your opponents, if they have a very powerful commander and they're casting it with the cast on the stack, you can cast Mystic Reflection, choose like a mana dork. Now his commander is a mana dork instead. Offensively and defensively, I do think this is the best card from the set. Um, again, I know I said I was going to be putting them in order, but I think Mystic Reflection is the most versatile, has the most, will have the most impact on Commander. And I know I said this earlier with a couple of other cards, but I think this is an auto-include in most blue decks. Um, just the defensive capabilities is so strong. 
because a lot of blue decks don't run a ton of creatures, right? So as a defensive card, I think this is great. As an offensive card, I think this is great. It's the most powerful card from the set. I don't really have much else to say about it. It's it, it's pre-ordering for 10, 12 bucks, and rightfully so. Pick up Mystic Reflections or hope you pull it at your draft or your pre-release or however you're choosing to play with Kaldheim. I love this card. It's not much else to say about it. That's going to do it for this episode of Commander and You Guys. Hopefully you found this insightful. I did a lot of talking about some great cards coming in Kaldheim. There's even more that I had to omit from this list. All the other gods are pretty sweet. They all have two sides. Um, some of them are multicolored. One of them is all five colors. Check them out. You can check them out on TCG Player, Card Kingdom, your local game store, wherever. February 5th, Kaldheim launches. And I know some local game stores are doing a pre-release this upcoming weekend. That's the weekend of the 29th, 30th, and 31st of January. Pick the cards up, guys. They're going to go up in price, at least the ones I talked about, I believe. So as always, don't forget, guys, check out thenerdchambers.com for all news about all things nerdy, uh, movie nights, the Nerd Chambers show itself, all sorts of Pokemon TCG openings, streams on twitch.tv slash thenerdchambers, all stuff like that. And if you want to get connected with me, you can do so over on twitter.com slash thepapachop, or you can follow me on Twitch where I stream magic openings, a bunch of other video games, stuff like that. Twitch.tv slash thepapachop. Thank you guys for your time, and I look forward to seeing you in the future.